Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For all hard rock, heavy metal bands needing worldwide exposure at affordable prices, online metal promo PR is taking bands from the underground to above ground. Visit their official website at onlinemetalpromo.net. Onlinemetalpromo.net. Welcome to Rats Review. What's up, everybody? Hey. It's amazing. It's just random appearances from James and Manny, but we're here more than... Yeah, you. we're the more consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to have to change that. Yeah, we need a new intro because James and Manny... I well, James has been um, officially a year at this yeah. point oh, with Rats Review. And uh, October will be a year that Manny joined us, which he joined us for the first time ever on the, <laughs> what else is new? Alice, Alice Cooper, Cooper Halloween episode. Yeah. <laughs> Alice! Alice! Anyway. <laughs> wow, it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah, so happy one year, guys. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. No more random. <laughs> yeah, 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 that turned less and less random, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, not to mention, you know, I, I got to say, you know, big up to Manny for uh, helping me out with the interview with uh, Mick Wall and big up to you, James, for the uh, interview you did with me with Frank Ferrante. You know, those are that Frank one was so much fun that did not feel like work. And also his new show looks amazing out there. He's you know, he's doing the whole Caesar one right now. And it's oh, amazing. Good, good, good. By the way, Lou, your interview with. Um... The diamond head guitar player Brian, what's Sattler? Yeah, that was excellent. excellent. Thank you. Had, no, that was your best interview. In 30 minutes, you went boom, boom. He answered your questions, he was very friendly, and uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I so appreciate I that. Enjoyed. Thank you. For Thanks me, the so only job. thing that would have made that better is if well, not just if we had more time, but uh, if we had the whole Rat Side Review crew on it. But uh, you know, always happy to take up the uh. Uh, pick up the slack when uh, things are well not eh, not in our favor i so. i couldn't have asked better questions so i i don't think it's suffer for my absence anyway yeah. i think you did you, a great you did, job you did a great job and yeah and, Thank all, you. and also there was no way on god's green earth they're gonna let me use a phone at my job so 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I can't do no it. Worries, no worries, no worries. I I have a confession. I didn't come up with those questions till I, I interviewed him at 1230. I came up with all those questions at 12 p.m. on the dots. <laughs> that's perfect. That's well, sometimes actually, Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's actually one of my favorite one of my best questions from last week's show with Splendor uh, Splendor Throne was uh freaking I you you Wayne you threw to me like immediately and I'm just sitting there going like hey uh trying to figure out what the heck you guys had just already asked and then having to come up with one right off the top of my head. See, I know I'm not good at that because when they had that ashes to whatever uh, band was, he got thrown at me. And I didn't know what to ask because all I know is the iced earth stuff. So I didn't want to ask about oh, iced earth. Okay. Yeah. I didn't want to ask about iced earth. So I'm like, shit. So I, I just asked him something about songwriting, but. Uh, well, it definitely was not a, a on my part. I think I was did terrible. I don't think he would have minded being asked questions about Ice Earth because he has answered some questions about Ice Earth since uh, uh, he was on the air with us. I just don't think he is in the. Uh, I just don't think he wants to get political. Which well, I neither did we. Neither that. did right. we. we right. Yeah. Yeah, but we, you know, we, there we were ways we could have asked him ice earth related yeah. questions without getting political well that's true i think he would have been fine but you know though it was a great interview anyways and we all had a good time and the fact that we spent so much time talking about batman oh yeah that, that was great was one of my favorite parts of the whole interview <laughs> sometimes Matt, i hope you're doing well sometimes i like staying away from those questions like you know from their previous bands you know if we can get away with doing that you know yeah, and and I think that I think that's another thing too. He wanted to promote his new band, and, right. and uh, I know so I know he's other not shows. Sh- there's so many other shows that are going to ask those ice earth questions, and you know he's probably tired of talking about it anyway. So, well, that and, and it's it's almost like a landmine asking about that because you know it leads to non music questions, right. and yeah. well, yeah, you know, anyway, they are brothers in law. Yeah, I, right, right, right. I know that. Interview. You mentioned yeah. that. Actually, you didn't interview. You said it afterwards, I think, but I don't know until. Well, we... oh, everybody's connected. Like, really so, uh, you know, there's a there's there's just one regret that I had about uh, the Brian Tatler interview. I wish I could have asked him if he still keeps in touch with uh, Sean Harris and um, and uh, Duncan and Colin, the original lineup if he's still friendly with them. Um, you know, he doesn't slag them in interviews. No, he so doesn't. Um, he doesn't at you know. all. Yeah. But he was such a gentleman. I mean, holy crap, just like such a nice guy. He thought I was Wayne. <laughs> he was like, oh, you're Wayne. I'm like, no, I'm Lou. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask he, you. How he that, loves uh, the yeah. name of the podcast, Wayne. He was he really taken by that. I, I posted that at that on my uh, YouTube page. He really loves the fact that we have a Black Sabbath reference as our uh, podcast name. Yeah, well, that's cool. Even though I didn't Black come Sabbath up with rules. It. Yes, unfortunately, I can't take credit for that, but uh, that guy ain't here anymore, so I don't care. Um, take credit then. <laughs> anyway, <go laughs> we got some stuff this week. Did anybody get any uh, goodies in the mail? Uh, yeah, I'll let go... someone else go first. Go first, Wayne. Oh, my God. Well, we, we got like an hour, right? Okay, yeah, right. I know you're gonna more than your get... shit. <laughs> With three albums, we only got one hour. We got I one call hour. shenanigans. Well, I hope this only goes an hour. But uh, one thing I got is a comic book. It's uh, the Jag Panzer comic book. It's called The Hollowed, and they have a new album coming out. And for some reason, he wanted to do a comic. It's not really related to the um, the album itself, but I guess like a loose story comic book. Or whatever. I haven't looked at it yet, but um, 
So I got that. So that was pretty cool. I don't even know what the drawings look like, but uh, he was pretty excited to get that out there. And uh, one of my favorite bands, Halloween. Oh, cool. Oh, I didn't even know that was out on vinyl. Very it, cool. It, it just came list, out. Wayne. Which is funny because you weren't that crazy about that album since it's a no, covers I, record. Not too many people are, but it's really cool. It, this is the first time it's been on vinyl, too. And uh, it's actually on a splattered vinyl. It looks really cool. Looks like that. Very nice. So. Cool. What label? Um, da, 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 Sanctuary, BMG. Oh, okay. Isn't that who originally put it out in this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because uh, Sanctuary's not in business anymore. Right. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, they probably bought the, la- the name, you know. Yeah. Uh, I got a bunch well, of Well, here's something I bought. I'm not done. Oh, he's not done yet, Manny. I got a lot of stuff, Manny. He's oh, you like got a lot? All right, I got go a ahead. lot. <laughs> I, got, I got a bunch of cassettes. Look at these cassettes. I got a bunch All of right, King go. Diamond oh and, and uh, Merciful Vega sets. I'm trying to relive my childhood. Where the hell did you get that shit? Um, from our my good friend, Gary Schaefer. I, or Schaefer. I don't like cassettes, but that is pretty cool. Yeah, no, he's, he had a, a load of cassettes, but uh, the Heavy Metal Museum I got that from. <laughs> So if anybody's looking for some good deals and uh, cassettes and all sorts of stuff. Oh, I've everywhere. never shopped in there. Yeah. Well, he's on Facebook. So if anybody friends Gary Schaefer or Schaffer, S-H-A-F-E-R, uh, he's always posting his stuff online. So uh, the new Gravedigger album, uh, what the hell is it called? Symbol of Eternity. This is a double CD. Uh, it's got the second CD is like a live uh, thing. Uh, and I know cool. you guys got these. Well, this is the new reissues of the Quiet Riot one and two. Yeah, those are the officials. I got the bootlegs the from Russia. Yeah, got <laughs> I've, got, I've got, I've got the. I still, I'm keeping my bootlegs, but I have those too. Uh, and sabotage live devastation. Very cool. Uh, Solitude Eternus. Um, this is actually what the a, fuck a, is that? Oh, what they that are a great doom metal band out of yeah. Texas. Uh, well, who actually, are these guys? Solitude, Solitude Eternus. The uh, vocals oh, actually joined. I've never heard their music, but I. Uh, but uh, this has two albums on here. But uh, one of them I didn't have on CD. Uh, Into the Depths of Sorrow. That, that album actually gets to be very expensive if you try to buy it on your on its own. So they just released this uh, as a reissue. So I bought that, and I got this for free. This yeah. is uh, Metal on Metal Records. It's a compilation. Very cool. And my last yeah. thing. I'm not done. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg Inferno. Oh, how no. cool. It's not a new album. It is the complete recordings, volume one, 1980 to 1998. It's a box I didn't say new album. I said new album. What the fuck is new album? New wave of British heavy metal. Oh. <laughs> you know what? Fuck Sam Dunn. He came up with that lame ass title. But, I'm uh, sorry, yeah. Wayne. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. Came, came with all Somehow these. Somehow you really feel about it, Wayne. Cool. Jesus. <laughs> Lou. What is that? I said, tell me how you really feel about it, Lou. Slash Wayne. What? No, I, I, well, if I can't read, you know, what he was saying, I, I didn't know what the hell he was saying. I thought he said new album. But it comes with all those albums. So that's a pretty cool thing. I really never heard Blitzkrieg before. I heard a couple of things here and there, but I uh, saw so that was on sale again from the Heavy Metal Museum. Actually, all these things were from the Heavy Metal Museum. And I bought it. Next. Very cool. Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, I think it's cool that you got the Solitude album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have the cassette of that Solitude album, but uh, yeah, their Adagio record was in heavy rotation when I was in college radio. So, sorry, Manny, go ahead. Okay, so no, on, I would have never heard of this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Manny. 
I would have never oh, I heard forgot of one thing. No. <laughs> oh, oh my god. What did you forget? <laughs> Nothing. I'm what kidding. did you forget? I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Manny, go ahead. No, it's all right. It's not important. So I get this reading rock festival it came out in 1982. Um, and it's got White Snake, Michael Shanker, Budgie, Bernie, Marsden, Marillion, UFO, Spider, which they can suck. Uh, Twisted Sister, Randy California, Grand Prix, Terraplane that became Thunder. Anyway, it was only released in, uh, in England. It was uh, to commemorate the uh, Reading Rock Festival, which I Very think cool. became Monsters of Rock. Right. Uh, no, Reading and, and stuff Monsters that you guys of Rock won't are like. different festivals. Oh, is it different? Mm -hmm. Same, same. Okay. Different. Well, Miles Davis, because I like jazz, Jack Johnson. Nice. Well, Run DMC because I like Run you DMC. You be Rolling. That's right. The Rolling Stones bootleg uh, called uh, Fully Finished Studio Optics Three Disc Death. Uh, what is this? This is one of a non-analog on stage series. This is in Tijuana, and it sounds like crap. It sounds like a bootleg. So if you're not a completist, don't buy it. Uh, uh, Kirk Hammett's solo EP that came out Record Store Day. Pretty cool. I heard one song off Finally, I found the copy. The Plasmatics uh, Beyond the Valley of 1984. My Wendy copy was, O. My copy was Beat the Shit. So that was that. And then almost done, lads. Here's another death album, live album. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Non-analog. Uh, non New... New, well, I can't read where the hell that was at. Anyway, the new Megadeth, which I've not listened to, it's a Target exclusive. There's nothing in it other than the cover. UFO Special Deluxe Edition of Forset. It's got live nice. at the record plant, which is really cool. It's a, Ozzy's new album, which I still have not listened to yet. Stranger Things uh, soundtrack my kid got me. Oh, cool. you know and let's see jimmy hendrix sample of the box set i already have the box set but i'm a completist hendrix is god don't you forget that rush vapor trails remix uh remix which i've never owned love that album another UFO, you another ufo uh, uh deluxe edition this is a three disc set there's an atlantic a ballroom atlantic georgia 1974 it must be an early shanker uh performance and so far in the mail, I only got the first Quiet Riot. Uh, haven't gotten the second one yet. Anyway, that's it, guys. Very so, cool. wait. Is it? Uh, Lou, what, what right, do you got? I'm up. So, you first want? of all, I just want to plug again. Uh, Gene Simmons Moneybag Sodas. This stuff is really good. I bought the cola, diet cola, root beer, and cream soda. This is the cream soda. And it has like a really nice uh, casing on the bottle. And uh, I have my glass right here. It is quite delicious. Mm. Cream soda. -y. And uh, how much did he yes. pay you for that? He didn't. I actually. So Moneybag Sodas was supposed to send me a case, but UPS uh, broke it. Sent it back, and I said, "You know what? I'm going to financially support them because they were cool guys." I, I have an episode that I'm, I have to edit that I did with them, so I bought four cases. FedEx broke it, and I told them, and they said, "All right, we're going to ship you another four, and we're going to refund you your money." And uh, you know, I thought that was really cool of them, so I'm definitely going to buy another case because it it really tastes good, but it's not like 
you know, they're they're definitely on the pricey side because you know they're um. Well, I don't know why they're on the pricey side. I guess maybe it's to make up for the bottle. I don't know, but no, nothing. Gene Simmons would be, you know, with the entire money bags would be expensive. But you know what, though, it's something with his name on it that I would buy. So there you go. (laughs) And uh, but uh, thank you, uh, guys. The money bag sodas love it. And as far as music, well, I got the reissue of "I Mean to the Nations." The hell's on there, Lou? And uh, it comes, it's uh, two CDs. The album that got you in trouble last week. Yes, it did. And uh, (laughs) really cool picture of the original lineup. I love the updated artwork. I know Greg asked me to ask Brian, which is his favorite artwork for uh, any reissue of the record. And he said it was this one. I got to agree with him. That was my Um, question. What's that? That was my question. Oh, that was your question. Okay, well, I asked him. It was my question, Lou. All this All right. measuring. So, man, you, you want to know what was on here? It's the uh, yeah. seven songs from the original lineup, including okay. uh, five lost mixes of those. That's disc one. Disc two is uh, all the singles and B-sides from that era, which uh, suits me just fine because uh, my favorite Diamond Head song, Diamond Lights, is on this. So, yeah, I'm very happy with it. It sounds great um and uh that's about it i'm waiting for my splintered throne cd to come in the mail <laughs> and t-shirt fuck you wayne <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna buy it anyways after yeah, the yeah, show yeah. but you sure, put me yeah. on the spot you prick and if anybody missed that please go back to the, uh, last week's episode with splinter throne and and uh watch lou panic <laughs> i didn't yeah, panic he... I get my cool he panicked I was, I'm I was going to do it, by the way. I sure, I sure. What are you, what are you waiting on? You ordered the uh, digital copy. No, I didn't. Oh, you actually bought the CD? Yeah, they didn't have a digital copy. Well, it's on Bandcamp, so they should have digital. It was a physical yeah. copy, and I got mm-hmm. a shirt. Oh, yeah. my, my connection uh, that's, is So that's terrible. what I was doing. Speaking of digital. Oh, yeah. Speaking Go of ahead. digital, Friday, October 7th. Our debut single, Severed Angel, A Fate Worse Than Death, will not debut single. That was where debut original single, meaning we wrote it. And it's going to be available for purchase on Bandcamp and iTunes. And it's going to be available on all streaming platforms. We're super excited that uh, it's it's coming out. And uh, we hope you all like it. And a big shout out to Evil Scott from Zombie. Uh, what are you looking at? The what are you comment, laughing at? The comments, comments. Okay. Well, I haven't read the comments. So, so, so as, as you guys were talking about that, you know, I saw the, uh, the wonderful Facebook photos of you guys doing your behind the scenes shoot. And um, how is it that, you know, you guys found the perfect mix of three guys who are short and two guys that are tall. We don't know. <laughs> oh, it's Stan. Yeah. <laughs> Stan made the comment. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. If that was him that bought the shirt, dude, you only ordered it on Monday. You got to give it a week. Yeah, it uh, probably takes probably two weeks. Maybe. Places but anyways, small. Evil Evil Scott over at Zombie Morning. Ritual Radio of 97 Underground is going to premiere this song this Saturday night. So thank you, Evil Scott, and thank you, Zombie Ritual Radio. So Yeah. It was it was kind of funny just to see how tall they are compared to Wayne, who who does not look very tall at all. I, I wasn't Wayne was... the shortest though. Uh, Mark is shorter than me. Yes, you know, he was. Be, be, you guys being, the, being the highest tall. of two small people is not really a good accomplishment. No, I'm you know five that. nine. I'm five nine. I can I can live with that. 
he he sits behind the drum throne so yeah, you know i care i don't care <laughs> but i'm really excited to listen to it and then rip it thank you <laughs> rip it <laughs> oh he's been from russia who leaked out the project resurrect album to all of europe i get it uh, i don't know the, what you're talking about i knew it and we also have a hard rock hell radio that is going to play that song as well I'm sure there's going to be others. I just don't know. But th- those two stations definitely will be playing uh, Fate Worse Than Death by mine and Lou Mavs's uh, new band, Severed Angel. Um, and Joseph is wearing his Severed Angel t-shirt right now. That sounds good. That's cool. I think he's lying. Yeah, probably. Most likely. <laughs> All right. I haven't gotten my Shever- Severed Angel t-shirt. You, know? you didn't order it. Oh, wait, wait. I just do the show with you guys. I can't get any free stuff. This is bullshit. You think we got free stuff? We had to pay for it, too. Actually, uh, James, uh, why don't you order a Seven Angel shirt right now? No. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, got great, like, I got a better idea. Let's get through the rest of the show first. All right. Yeah, this is going to be a long one. I, wait, I don't fall for your Jedi mind tricks, okay? <laughs> I'm only looking about one thing. Money. Well, uh, you know, we're all friends here, so it's not very intimidating. But when you're interviewing a band and you say, you know, you didn't buy the C- the CD, then you get a little, you know. He, you know, in, in, in defense, we peer pressured him enough. <laughs> and not for nothing, Belize is our friend. She understands. You know, she 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 was kind enough to acknowledge, uh, you know, wishes and uh, saying that she hopes that she hopes he feels better. So thank you for Le- thank you for that, Lisa. I didn't get to say that last week because uh, Wayne's a cock. Anyway, um, hi. You're fired. Uh, all right. Uh, Greg, yeah, is, I'm back. Uh, Greg is walk- <laughs> Greg is walking up his street now, so he will be on the show, but I don't think he listened to one album. So let's start with the album that he did listen to. Which we'll be, is? We'll be done with it about the time he gets here. <laughs> uh, blah, 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 which is Iron Maiden Dance of Death. Uh, Dance of Death is a 13th studio album released September. We didn't cover that one. This is a part of the fucking show. What? <laughs> we didn't what was that, James? This isn't part of the fucking show. It wasn't part of it. It was a, a, it was the other two. No, what are you talking? You guys about? fucked up two weeks ago. Don't fucking drag this shit show into me. Is he doing a different show? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you have PTSD from your college football show, James. What's going on here? No, or, or you said you said dance of death, right? Yeah, yes. Dance of yeah. death. No, yeah. No, it was it was a matter of life and death and freaking final frontier. No, no, James. No, is, dance listen. of death. Yes. No, dance of death was freaking lot was it was against angel of Re- angel of retribution. No, no that was brave new world. We never no, talked about dance of, dance of death last week. Dance of death. No, no, it wasn't. Yes, no, it no, was. No. I have the notes from when we started. This. We okay, but that's not how we did it then. <laughs> yeah, because you guys messed up. No, I mean, you I think originally we were supposed no, to do dance of death, but we never did. Thing. <laughs> it, was, it was not my fault. You guys cocked this shit up. It's okay. It's all right. We'll make it. <laughs> all right. Somehow. Well, Lou or... Lou, do you want to do the review for how James would have done it if he had listened to Dance of Death? Go ahead. Of course. This is the worst fucking album I ever heard. You can't do no slow songs. Made it. No slow songs. I swear to God. Anyone who thinks Bruce Dickinson can sing, they never heard Loretta Lynn. You know what? In Final Frontier. In Final Frontier, 
because we actually because somebody actually did listen to the freaking things and actually read the fucking notes properly from when when greg did this shit right i did put in el dorado excited caveman noises more chugga chugga guitar <laughs> we ain't even get to final frontier because we were well, supposed we... to do it tonight. Well, we're not doing it tonight. Uh... It's not my fault. You guys fucked up. Did you delete the notes for Dance I, of Death? I never listened to it. I was busy with other shit because we were supposed to do it two weeks ago when I wasn't here. All right. Well, Wayne's your fault. Death. It's not my fault. Uh... Well, James, I know you won't like it, so we'll just say to. Uh, we're gonna be nice i'm just gonna d and a i can't i i, I don't all right it. i'm being polite all right hey. Luke. dance of death is a 13th I mean, studio album released 2003 uh their second studio album released since the return of vocalist bruce dickinson on it and adrian smith's on guitars in 1999 the album features the band's first ever fully acoustic track journeyman as well as new frontier their only song co-written by drummer nico mcbrain as uh, with Brave New World, its pre- pre- predecessor in 2000, the record was produced by Kevin Shirley. Uh, oh. yeah. The computer-generated cover art was provided by David Patchett, who asked for his name to be removed from the album's credits after the band decided to use the unfinished version. The album cover was received by negative uh, was received negatively by both fans and critics, being cited on several uh, worst of lists. Dickinson later uh, called the cover embarrassing. The original cover art supposedly featured Ed, only Eddie and a few monks behind him, but the band manager felt it looked empty. So he hired someone from IronMaiden.com to design characters surrounding Eddie using the program Poser. <laughs> uh, they gave what a fitting name. <laughs> they then gave the roughs back to Patchett and asked him to work on the skin and mask textures. Uh, Patchett did so, but was unimpressed with the results. And yeah, it's the worst Iron Maiden cover. It sucks because it's a cool looking Eddie, and those things around him are just so terrible looking. Especially that one of them. Go ahead. If you recall, remember my first episode on Rats I Review back in 2020 Mm. was top six worst album covers. This made my number one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that episode. But yeah, those things look so weird, especially that one on the right right hand corner where the neck it's like you know what's like a neck <laughs> no it's a huge like neck it was weird i just it, it looked like rejects from the ed hunter game that's how bad it right looked. yeah 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 it's a shitty cover yeah to say the least it's it's the background it was cool uh because joseph said he thinks it's cool but uh, the background stuff is eddie and, and the things behind him is cool and even the floor thing is cool but the, the those generated people are just terrible looking anyway uh my thoughts on the album i don't think it's as good as brave new world but it's still a good album most of the songs are shorter but the album itself is rather long it opens uh, with the fast-paced wildest dreams which doesn't have the catchiest chorus but it works rainmaker is always a favorite it's mostly all chorus though so it does get a little uh, tiring after a while but i still like the song no more lies uh, i like it but i think the repetitiveness of the chorus ruins it uh, I can't say to pronounce this song. Monsant Gur. Uh, close Monsant enough. Gur. Close enough. Uh, has some wonky parts like where Bruce sings uh, along with the guitar melody, but there's something about it that I like anyway. Dance of Death is a favorite. I like the acoustic intro and how the rest of the song builds up. Was a cool song. Uh, oh, was a cool song seeing it perform live because I also saw them live on this tour. Uh, Passiondale, kind of similar to Dance of Death, where it's a big epic song that builds up throughout the song. 
Facing the Sand, I think is my favorite on this album. Uh, one of the few songs where Nico was doing the single like double bass thing uh, throughout the entire song, which is very impressive. And uh, Age of Innocence has a great chorus. Journeyman doesn't really do much for me. Uh, it's a, it's an okay song. It's it's cool to hear them like finally do like a whole acoustic song, but um, I don't know. I need some more Iron Maiden type sound to that one. So you know. I think it's a it's a pretty decent album. Uh, what about you, Lou? Uh, Walk the Streams, good opener. Rainmaker, good follow-up track. No More Lies, repetitive. Yeah. They almost lose me, but Monsigar, good song. Driving, holds up with Classic Maiden. Dance of Death, I like the song, but the sea shanty middle break kind of loses me. Gates of Tomorrow, I appreciate them trying something different. All in all, a good song. Fast-paced Maiden is always good. New Frontier, Maiden's first song in drop-D tuning and with input from Nico McBrain. I like it. Passchendaele, my favorite song on the album and probably one of my top 10 favorite Maiden songs ever. Face in the Sand, why did they rewrite Blood Brothers? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It really does sound like Blood Brothers. It's very similar. It's true. Um, Age of Innocence, not for nothing, this album gets overlooked because of the shitty album cover. But songs like this really make the album stand out. I love it. And Journeyman, Maiden's first attempt at an unplugged song, a great and overlooked track. All in all, the album has some of the best songs from the catalog, but they totally overlook it. Probably as overlooked as Somewhere in Time, which is a crying shame. It would be great to hear songs like Passchendaele back in the set list. So that's all. Uh, Stan says Journeyman best track he wants to hear them do more stuff like that James I agree with Stan oh wait James didn't listen to this uh, Manny yeah. <laughs> yeah no I didn't listen uh, to this thing because I actually was following the set list yeah, and you well, guys decided actually, to go all freaking off the set I can mute you we Hold probably on. did full pop maybe we should have done Dance of Death along with Brave New World but we didn't so we apologize James. I, I can agree we should have but we didn't so um Hell, that one went on forever, too, that podcast. So let's see. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, first time I heard the album, um, it didn't really grab me. And it took me It took me actually seeing him on this tour, which is the last time I saw him, which is a long time ago. That's where I met Leo and uh, Brian, who is known as Spectre on our old site, Heart of Metal. Yep. But anyway, um, it wasn't until I saw him live that these songs grabbed me. Before then, I kind of listened to it but I kind of put it on like background music, which I don't like doing, but I didn't really pay attention to it. So uh, what's the first track on here? Wildest Dreams, great song. And it's not typical of a type of song Adrian Smith usually writes. So I thought that was interesting. He doesn't, um, wasn't really an epic song, but it wasn't as uh, melodic or as memorable as it usually is. Of course, it's co-written with Steve Harris. Rainmaker, when I saw them do it live, won me over, great song. No More Lies. I like Steve Harris as a songwriter, but there's not a good example why I like him as a songwriter. I think the song's too long, too repetitive. I was pleasantly surprised to see Gears got some songwriting credits on here, including with uh, Monster Gear Gore or whatever, however you say it. That's uh, a great song, actually. Thank you. Thank you. Dance of Death. It's eight minutes, but I don't mind it the eight minute length of that song. I thought it was is very, very great song. Gates of Tomorrow, I don't remember it, honestly. Um, so 
and that's I can't see much about it. New Frontier I thought was interesting for a couple of reasons. I like uh, I like the fact that it's percussion driven, and then I wondered why, and then I saw that Nico had co-written a song. And Wayne, did you say this is the first time he's ever gotten credit on any song? He actually had a, a song, a credit on one of like the B-sides, I think, to Peace of Mind or uh, Power Slave, maybe. But other, like on an album, yes, it's the only credit on an actual oh. album. Passchendaele, a great, great song. And I wish they would include that back in the set. I thought uh, w- when you when you hear that live, it's just fantastic, um, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, Face in the Sun, Age of Innocence, not bad songs, but nothing I haven't heard Iron Maiden do uh, half a dozen times. Journeyman, now that is a great song. I don't want him to do the unplugged thing, MTV unplugged thing, but they didn't do that. They actually wrote a song, and an acoustic song, that manages to sound epic without sounding pretentious, if that makes sense. I just think it's a great song. And it kind of reminds me of some of the stuff Bruce Dickinson did as a solo artist, which is interesting because did he co-write this? Yeah, I guess he did, you know. Um, but I, I like the song a lot. And it reminded me of uh, stuff Bruce Dickinson would do as a solo artist because he, he wasn't afraid to take chances musically, try different things as a solo artist. Anyway, um, in tradition of the three of us keeping this one pretty short, I like the album. It's not one of my favorites, but it did take a while for it to grow on me. So my review is good. So uh, that Journeyman song was actually it was actually uh, recorded electric first, and it's actually on one of the singles. Oh, what? Yeah, it's, I did. I actually listened to it before we did the show. Heard the and, um, I didn't either until just just uh, before. Uh, it sounds very similar, but it's just got the electric guitars. Um, it's not as good as the acoustic one. It's it's a little different, a little different sound. This, it it just, yeah, it changes the sound of the whole thing. I think the, the acoustics uh, make it a lot better. But I, I, I still don't like that version either. Uh, Stan said, uh, Manny, you're the smartest of the group. Well, thank you. Of course. But thank you. So <laughs> did you feel that journeyman? I don't know, Lou, if you heard the... Well, Lou's we'll come back in a minute. Um, did you feel it changed the, the, the mood of the song, uh, Electric? Yeah, yeah, it did. You got to go back and listen to it and you'll hear it because uh, it seems a little bit more upbeat. Um, and it also don't seem like as heavy as the rest of the songs are with the uh, electric guitars. So actually the acoustics make that song what it is, you know. Uh, what else we got in chat here? Um, uh, the great Harry Burnett says, uh, why does your head look smaller, James, than normal? Because I had to shave my beard. Oh, that's, I thought you looked funny. Hey, uh, uh, and then he said, sit forward. Uh, you're not all the way in the mountains. You know, you guys, um, when you guys mentioned, when you guys mentioned the name of Kevin Shirley as a producer, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like you or Lou are big fans of his production work, at least with Iron Maiden. Is that, did I read that wrong? Or? Um, I, no, you're right. I don't mind him. He, he doesn't bother me. It's when they get into the later albums, like, um, like the next album, A Matter of Life and Death. Mm-hmm. But now when I was reading like stuff about why that album sounds the way it does i kind of get it now so i can't really blame it on kevin shirley but uh what's the album after that um final frontier the final, final frontier. frontier yeah that one yeah that one sounds a little off but uh i'm not i don't 
he doesn't bother me. Kevin Shirley does not bother me at all. I know it bothers Stan, though. Stan does not like Kevin Shirley. Yeah, a lot of people don't like his production. Um, yeah, he's he's uh, Joe Boston. Ma- no, I can't say Joe Bonamassa. Anyway, yeah, that's his big producer, and he's produced, I think, most of his albums. So he also produced Black Country Communion. I don't mind his production either, but a lot of people just totally dislike it. Lou, what is it about it that you personally? At least in relation to Iron Maiden, who cares about the other stuff you may have done in relation to Iron Maiden? So, well, is it on this particular album, or do we have to move forward to get to that? The, the, Wayne cut first. The, the one thing I do like about Kevin Shirley, you can actually hear Nico's drums. Back in the early days, you could not hear the kick drum. You could hear the toms, obviously, and, and, and the snare drum, but the kick drum was always missing in those early albums. I think Kevin Shirley's production on like the drums and even the instruments, I think everything's a lot clearer. Uh, you get to hear everything, I think, on the newer Maiden stuff, as opposed to, and not that I'm saying that the older stuff was bad, but I just, the the, the clarity of the band is there with the Kevin Shirley producing. Go ahead, Lou. Um, when you hire a producer, the producer's job is to make sure that the sound is, is it's it's going to be clutch and tight. You, know, you hire a producer to be able to say, you know, let's try that. No, don't do that. You know, like that's what a producer's job is. Kevin Shirley's not a producer. He's an engineer. You know, he just presses the button, record and go. Uh, because of that, I feel like there are certain parts of Maiden's music. And again, I'm saying this as a diehard fan. Sounds sloppy. You know, like I'm not crazy about it. Like my I realize I'm, I'm cutting ahead by talking about a song like Red and the Black, which is on Book of Souls. That's my favorite song on the record. I still have a problem with it. It speeds up out of nowhere. It doesn't stay in tempo. Now, a producer would have told Nico, stop it. You're playing to a click or you're playing on time. So I feel, you know, some people may consider that liberating. You can get away with that live, and that's fine. But when you're in the studio, you got to sound clutch. And to me, it's like that's what Birch had that, uh, you know, he was able to hone that sound in for Maiden that surely doesn't. But then again, you know what? I'm not an Iron Maiden. It's not my band. They can do whatever the hell they want. I can either like it or not. I like the songs, just not a fan of the production work. Well, that that's the whole point of this podcast. Get your opinion, you know. So, um, but I don't I don't know if that's Kevin Shirley's fault of them not doing, you know, things. Oh, the producer, I, I, it ultimately I, ends on you. I I I do put the onus on Steve Harris, and again, you know, pertains to what James asked me a couple of weeks ago, you know, regarding the quality control of Maiden's output. Yeah, James, I think it could be totally better. I I do. I mean. I just, I just think that, and of course, like I'm, I'm saying this as never, but listening to the other, two, the next two albums, someone really needs to sit Steve Harris down and say, what, whatever you think is, it, it, whatever, whatever's coming out of your mind that thinks this is Iron Maiden, it's not. <laughs> it's not. The, the, and we'll, we'll get to the next one. So I'll, I'm going to stay out of this one because this one's, we're talking about an album I didn't listen to. So I'm just, 
Well, yeah, you're not far off. <laughs> I, I just took it to look at the production credits on here, and I found it interesting that um, he is producer, engineer, and even handles the mixing. So, you know. Anyway, interesting. Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting because you got you're not the only two to express. And Wayne, again, you you don't you know you're not really expressing a dislike of his production, but. You two aren't, you know, especially Lou, you are not the only ones that expressed your dissatisfaction with the production of these albums in the last, especially as we progress, progress through this uh, discography. Anyway, I just wanted your take on it because I, uh, I find it interesting. A lot of people are definitely not Kevin Shirley fans, at least when it comes to the Iron Maiden stuff. To, to make one point, uh, I just Luke? feel like Maiden would have been better off with Roy Z's production. That's just my opinion. Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't like some of Bruce Dickinson's uh, solo album. I, I like the albums, but some of the sounds on there I don't care for too much. I think they're a little too dry. All right. Mm. I can't see oh, yeah, Roy, Roy's... Like that. Yeah, but he produced Rob Halford's solo album and... Uh... I love what uh, Roy's, well, it was, I believe, um, the yeah. resurrection. Yeah. I really love how punchy that thing is. You know, it just, it just got that great, great, great sound. You know, it's almost retro without being a retro sound, because um, Alf Halford was definitely uh, trying to get back to that Judas Priest sound. Anyway, Wayne, uh, take All it right. away to the next. Moving right just along. Look in the chats, though. Uh, Reginald Wilkins uh, says, uh, after recent listening to both albums, I actually pr uh, slightly prefer Dance of Death to Brave New World. Both great albums, though. It's interesting. And Stan, uh, Matter of Life and Death wow. after uh, DOD, not TFF. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. And uh, the great Harry Barnett, uh, Eric Adams for mayor. Wait, isn't there already a mayor called Eric? There is Adams? already one, and we, do, and, and, and we don't know how well that's going. Oh, it's yes. not it's that's going great uh i haven't been back to new york city since uh well i can't remember when so that goes to show you <laughs> I, I saw a video today uh about uh, these women i guess they were on the subway and they were all dressed up in those you know those green outfits that people wear for like a uh, green screen yes they were all on the subway they were fighting with some people Okay, and, and, and what else on the normal day on the New York City subway? <laughs> that's that's just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, Florida man got his inspiration from the New York City subway. Yeah, I don't I'm, know if Florida man needs any help there, uh, James. But I, I know uh, he didn't need any help. I said he got inspiration. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference. Uh, Iron Maiden: A Matter of Life and Death. Uh, is the 14th studio album it was released in August of 2006. It is the first album in Iron Maiden's career to enter the US, US Billboard charts in the top 10. Um, the Matter of Life and Death tour was uh, in support of the album during which they played the record in its entirety. And I wish Greg was here because we were talking about that earlier in the chat. Um, <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, so did I. I saw it as well. Okay. Uh, to provide a more live sound, the album was not mastered. Uh, Shirley said spoke to Steve Harris on Friday who has decided against mastering the Iron Maiden album it means that they will get to hear the new album exactly how it sounded in the studio no added EQ compression analog widening etc and he says uh, he's pretty happy with the end result and the album was created by Tim Bradstreet an American artist best known for his work on the Hellblazer and the Punisher comics 
So I thought that was interesting. I didn't know. I know these albums uh, were mostly all recorded live, but I had no idea they did not uh, uh, master it. So I, that's why it sounds a little dull. But I, I, I like the sound of the album. So it doesn't I, I like that kind of dry sound too. Um, yeah. I read that he had, he had they didn't master it, but I guess it started with this album, Wayne. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the first album they didn't do that with. Yeah. See, I, I, I get the uh, 2015 remastered version, so I do not understand. I don't. I will not know what you guys are talking about when it comes to the sound. Oh, you know what? I should listen to see if there's really a big difference. Hmm. I forgot about that. I don't, I don't have that. I don't notice a huge difference. I mean, from what I, I, I'm listening to on streaming, so you can't really notice a difference anyway. But I'll have to listen to the CD. But uh, my thoughts on the album, uh, and as Lou just mentioned, uh, I saw that concert live, and so did he. And um, I wasn't sure if that was such a good choice to do because, as we've listened to this album, it's it's you know it's got its moments where it, it really drags a little bit, and it's very long. And uh, there's no like typical maiden like fast tracks or anything and short tracks. So doing this album, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know how fans are going to be, uh, you know, accepting this live. And, and I could see in the crowd because, you know, you know, they get, they look like they're pumped up to hear it at first. But then once it gets like maybe the third or fourth song and you just see everybody kind of like, you know, meandering around and kind of like waiting for it to be done. Oh, geez, it sounds like a lot like the damn album. <laughs> well they went crazy at the end when they started playing like you know the old songs but um Shocker. yeah but uh it's a very dark album not as dark as the x factor though uh the songs are longer like i mentioned uh and the album's a bit more progressive uh different worlds uh, similar to wildest dreams uh, just a tad bit slower uh from the previous album uh great catchy song these colors don't run brighter than a thousand suns i like a lot the program uh, changes things up a bit it's one of the more typical main songs but there's some really cool parts especially after the chorus where it changes to like an egyptian type feel like something from power slave uh the longest day slows down a bit but uh again good song out of the shadows i don't care for kind of reminds me of journeyman uh the reincarn- reincarnation of benjamin brieg my favorite song on the album i like the slow build in the intro and then how it gets heavy when a song kicks in, uh, my favorite part of the whole thing is where that lead into the solo section where the bass and drums are kind of like start and stop and type thing. For some reason, I just I love that part a lot. And uh, the greater good of uh, God, a typical maiden galloping song. So uh, it's good. Sorry, James. The lyrics for the chorus themselves are heavy. Uh, the rest of the album is meh to me, but for the most part, it's a pretty solid album. I don't really care for those last two songs. Lou. Uh, I'm willing to let uh, James go first because uh, James he go didn't first. go for the last album. That's true. That is true. I'll let James go first. All right. I'll be the judge. So, and that, and actually, I'm, I'm going to shock a few people. I actually like Different World. I, I thought it was, I, I was joking. It was giving me that yacht rock, dad rock type vibe of just, you know, these guys have calmed down a little bit. They're not, they're not all young and pissed off at <laughs> the world. These colors don't run. Hey, uh, I used the word meandering here before you did. So. Um, it obviously catches the uh, the, the uh, vibe of this album. Uh, Brighter Than a Thousand Suns. It's like they tried to make two songs into one. It's kind of a mess. I really didn't like how they did it. Um, it just it just kind of was all over the place. Pilgrim, it's a, one of their classic sounding sound, uh, songs. It, you know, it, it was a good song. Uh, Longest Day. I think they've ran a topic into the ground at this point. It's so long. That's what I put. Uh, Out of the Shadows. Slow song. Bad. That's a bad Iron Maiden. Um, reincarnation of Benjamin Berg. Let me tell you, 
Cut out the pointless intro, and this isn't a bad song. All right. Um, for the greater good of God, good epic sounding song, but way too long. And saying the title, the saying the title ten times in a row was very unnecessary. Yeah. And not that I was counting. Yeah. Uh, Lord of Light, these pointless intros are getting annoying. I think the chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, and the legacy, perfect summation of this album. Good songs. They need to be. They need the fat trim. In their own way, they're overweight and plotting, but they could have been great with confident editor. Very interesting. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Lou? All right. Um, different world. I thought Razorfist made a funny point when he said it sounds like the intro for a CW teen drama, but I do enjoy the song. <laughs> Razorfist, wow. Yeah. That's a name I've Bravo. not heard in a while. Bravo. Live, it was a great opener. Again, I was at the uh, same concert at Nassau Coliseum that Wayne oh, was speak, at. Speak, where... of, speak of that. Was that a strange like CIA type experiment where they made you guys pay your own money, they paid their own money, go see an Iron Maiden show, and they come out with that stuff? I knew what I was getting into because they said they were going to play the entire album for, um, for, for the set list. And I was like, okay, it's something different. I was willing to support it because I wanted to hear if the songs would um, come off well live better than they do on record. I'll get into that. Okay, sorry. I had to, no, no, no I worries. Had to bring that up. No worries. But like, I, I knew what I was getting into. Um, these colors don't run. I like the song, but the chorus is typical E to C to G to D riffing that at this point, after 26 years of listening to Iron Maiden, I'm bored. <laughs> Brighter than a thousand suns. Another song that starts slow, but I like how it gets heavy. The Pilgrim. This has Yannick all over it with his little melodic passage in the beginning. It kind of has them combining no prayer with Brave New World, and this is the end result, and I like it. Uh, the Longest Day. More like the longest song, but I do love the instrumental breakdown. Out of the Shadows. The problem with a lot of these songs is what I would say about the concert I saw and that as much as I gave it a chance, it was not memorable. This song is good, but it does not stick out in my memory. However, this story does. So this is around the time I tell my friend, I'm going to go outside and have a cigarette. So I go out to the one smoking section in Nassau Coliseum. This six foot three behemoth comes out and he's like, man, I'm so pissed off. I want to hear the trooper. I want to hear two minutes to midnight. I don't want to hear the new stuff. And I'm like, have you seen Maiden before? He's like, yeah, like five times. I'm like, okay, you got to hear those songs five times in concert. What are you complaining about? You know, they wanted to give the new album a chance. And he's like, oh yeah, you're right, man. Thanks. And he walked away. I'm like, that was stupid. Reincarnation of Benjamin Brigg. Again, not memorable. Wayne, I know you like it. I respect it. For me, it just wasn't. Oh, so many good parts in it. Uh, it didn't, it didn't grab it, me man. in the feels. I get it. But the next one does, For the Greater Good of God, my favorite song on the CD. So, Nassau Story 2. This is the part of the show where you see the one guy in the audience holding up a sign and it says, Play Classics. And somehow the guy manages to get his way to the front of the, front of the stage. Bruce reaches in, 
grabs the oak tag wipe whiteboard and rips it up in front of everybody. <laughs> and if anyone wants to see it, it is on YouTube. I do have a bootleg of the concert on DVD. So uh, I, I said, you know what? I got to give credit to Bruce for sticking to his guns. I'll respect that. That's cool. Uh, Lord of Light. This one sticks out, and that's because of Mr. Adrian Smith. Uh, the Legacy. Not bad, not great, but awesome instrumental break. But instrumental breaks do not carry songs. Not a great closer in general, but whatever. Humdrum Maiden is more welcome than no Maiden. All in all, not what I, what I would have followed up Dance of Death with. But it does have some strong points. Some. More like few. But that's about it. Manny? I actually like the album a lot, but I like the album as a whole. If I listen to it, I like listening to a whole uh, album. It doesn't, individually, not a lot of songs do stand out um, to me, but I think as, as a piece of work and almost a borderline concept album, I think it works. Um, I noticed a lot of themes, of course, the cover gives away, is based on war and based on religion. Again, this is not new ground for Iron Maiden or for heavy metal in general. But I think overall, I think it works as a theme if you listen to it as one cohesive work instead of individual songs. Now, I know it wasn't meant to be a concept album. As far as live, I did not see that tour. I think it would have been cool if they would have done the whole album, but don't do it in a row. You know, right, right. I think that's a mistake. I think that must have broken up the flow and you know it is us all of us are we like our artists to make new music we're not one of those guys that just want to hear the same old same old you know Mm -hmm. but i also think that even for someone like me that'd be too much to shove down my throat the new album i want to hear it you know two songs here another song there but that's my opinion Mm -hmm. again like luke points out i'm not an iron maiden i don't make those decisions you know um also, another thing about the album is this is where they're becoming uh, uh, I don't really consider Iron Maiden a prog metal band, but this is definitely where that influence is creeping even more than the last two albums. I mean, look at the length of these songs. Um, the, yeah, a lot of eight minutes, is, nine minutes. Yeah, brighter yeah, than a thousand yeah, suns. Let's, let's, eight let's, minutes. Just, let's just keep going with my torture chamber. Yes, Caroline, yeah. keep going. Well, the longest day about World War II, seven minutes. The reincarnation of Benjamin Bragg, seven minutes. The last song, The Legacy, is nine minutes. Um, if I were to pick apart these songs individually, yeah, I would have to agree. Some of these songs are very memorable. Um, Lord of Light, not, it's good, but for the greater good of god you know does it need to be nine minutes no not really i mean he's uh, the intro is, is like three is... minutes in that song the intro itself is like three minutes and it yeah does, it is forever to get to the fucking point and i and probably live that works i don't know again if i, I when i listen to this album i don't listen to it as an individual songs i kind of listen to it as a song cycle Again, I know it's not meant to be a concept album, but I think that's why I might like it better than than most people do. Overall, I think it's a great album, but I think if I saw it live like you guys did and they played it in a row, that be a, might be a little too much for me. I, I yeah. think... Uh, yeah, it was. It, yeah. it, just, uh, it went long. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's cool they do that, but... I'm not a huge fan you know. of that. I, I, like you mentioned before, I'd rather them... If you're going to do a whole album, 
do like a song or two and then throw in some older songs in between. See, I, can see, I can see why Manny would like that stuff because I mean, you can see Alice doing a lot of the same stuff, you know, like just doing a, a conceptual album and doing the full show based off of that album. But his albums aren't uh, like, you know, 75 minutes long. And, this is uh, true. This is, I, I was, yeah, yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm, trying, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be nice about it. I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, no. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, and some of Alice's albums, I mean, when we, we do it, like Welcome to My Nightmare, I love that album, but there's a song on there, The Awakening. I don't think The Awakening works as a solo piece outside of the whole album. But anyway, that's another podcast, you know. So We'll get to that. But uh, Yeah, but overall, I like the album quite a bit. Um, when I, It's not an album where I, I choose individual songs to play like I do other Iron Maiden albums. Right. So, you know, maybe that's the way I choose to listen to and why I like it. But again, live, that'd be a little too much for me. I'm not a fan of when a couple of years ago, there was this trend where bands would come out. We're going to play the whole album, classic album from beginning then. I'm not a big fan of that. I think I like the idea of it's cool, but I like it better. Yeah, play the whole album, but don't play it in a row. You know, that's my thing. Anyway, hmm. that's my take on the album. That's an interesting analogy because uh, I've mentioned before on the show that uh, my first time seeing Def Leppard, their first five songs was Side A of High and Dry. And for me, uh, yeah. that was a real treat because High and Dry is my favorite Def Leppard album. So to have been able to have seen that, I was more than happy about it. Then after that, they went to like their their uh, radio hits, which is fine because to them, that's yeah. what fans go to see when they see them in concert. Yeah, I mean... Concerts are, uh, I love going to see shows and, you know, I, I get bummed for the songs I don't get to hear, but, you know, right. you're there to have a good time. Just let loose if you're yeah, there. It was the same yeah, thing yeah. Here, like with, uh, with, the, with that tool show was that they played a lot of Fear Inoculum, but then they immediately went into some different, you know, albums in there. I mean, they played a lot of, of uh, 10,000 eyes, but, or 10,000 years, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, ten thousand days. Yeah, ten thousand days. Yeah, whichever one it is, you know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> they're ten thousand something. It's ten thousand something. It was just a bunch of eyes on that cover. Okay, <laughs> I called the eye cover. Um, and just the, all of the songs, like you know, writing two and all those things, were really fun to see. But yeah, they played a lot of Fear Inoculum. But you know, they they did you know mix in sober. They did. I, I was really mad they didn't play Jombie because that's my my favorite song. Yeah. But make a like know, a honey, make a honey hole. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I think I, I think Tool fans are similar to Rush fans, where they're they're willing to to listen to more of a newer material than so called class so called classic rock and classic metal fans. I mean, Lou just gave a perfect example of a guy who's seen him four times, and he's bitching. He didn't see that he's not hearing the Trooper. And he's not the only one. I mean, you know, Lou's just pointed out the conversation he had. But then again, you know, if you cater to a fan like me, you're not going to sell out many concerts, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I'll buy your material and, and you probably want a fan like me. But live, you know, Kiss, people don't want to hear a deep cut from Monster. I might, but more people want to hear Shout It Out Loud. Yeah. Or whoever, whatever, whatever band you want to you wanna pick on, you know. Yeah, there were there were uh, only three times. Go ahead, Wayne. I mean, oh, that was, Lou, nothing, Lou Wayne. No, yeah. was 
Sorry, stinking Mike. Uh, there were there was only <laughs> one's <laughs> enough. There were uh, three occasions where Rush actually did that, where you know, and they were playing like three hour shows. So yeah. you know, with a with a twenty minute break in between. So I never heard anyone who went to a Rush concert from uh, Test for Echo on that said that, that it was a bad show. There was only three times they did the full suite of anything. In 96, they did the full suite of 2112 because it was 20 years. They For the Time Machine tour, they right. did the entire Moving Pictures album because it was a 30-year anniversary. Um, right. And, um, you know, when I saw them on the Clockwork Angels tour, set two, like, they played about nine of the songs off Clockwork Angels with the orchestra behind them. And I'll tell you, it worked. It worked beautifully you know and and you know rush is different because you know their fans go to see them not just for their songs but just to actually see the musicianship that the three of them you know right. exude yeah. on stage so and, and, and i think and, that's and, the same and thing ready tool. to drop yeah tool, yeah tool tool fans ready to drop acid and vibe you know yeah. who will never play an album or their album from start to finish who's that project resurrect <laughs> <laughs> And you can get but, Project Resurrect. You can get by but, the but here, but here, but here's the, here's Camp the, here's Friday. The, here's the here's the swerve. Severed Angel will be doing every single song for their album in order the entire way through. I hope not. <laughs> I really I, hope not. Wayne uh, really went above and beyond what I thought he could do. And Wayne, if you need a break, just be like, Lou, take over. <laughs> I actually played fairly easy stuff, but uh, let's see in the chat. Well, here. Yeah, have you not seen this video? He looks bored as shit. Of course, he's right. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a ghost song. Come on. So what's the, what's the chat saying, Wayne? The chat says, uh, Stan E, this is my favorite reunion album. Did I read that already? It's the darkest, the heaviest they've ever done. Out of the Shadows is his favorite song on the album, so he likes that song. Uh, and Reginald, I love this album a lot. I wish I could have seen this tour live. A masterpiece in his eyes. Very interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're extra you. seats. Yeah. Good for you. Enjoy <laughs> it. I will not I will gather around to miss that. Uh, I, and, yeah, go ahead, Wayne. And and speaking of uh, albums that uh, bands want to do all the way through, Judas Priest Nostradamus was uh, they were thought of doing this album on tour the whole album you know what i could see it though because i i see this album and and a little spoiler there i can see them trying to do this all at once because it is kind of like that rock opera thing even though yeah exactly act, that except, actually except for the second sense. except for the second act is really fucking terrible however go yeah. ahead continue yeah so i so those, those those plans got scrapped but uh they they still or at least rob halford still has in mind that you know maybe one day they can do this but i don't think they will so anyway, Nostradamus is the 16th studio album focusing on the 16th century writer Nostradamus. It is a double album and the band's first concept album. It was released in June 2008, and it is the last Judas Priest studio album to feature the Painkiller era lineup with guitarist and founding member K.K. Downing, who retired in April of 2011. Uh, my take on the album, I actually like this album. The song Prophecy holds up to anything else they've, uh, they have released I remember hearing them play it live at the Metal Masters concert, and it was uh, great. Uh, the rest of the album sounds like Priest musically. Lyrically, it's a, it's different, of course, because of the concept, but there are a lot of cool songs on here. Prophecy, like I mentioned, 
Revelations has a great chorus. I like how it sounds uh, like it's building up as the song goes on. Uh, War, even though it's just mainly drums and like the orchestra stuff, uh, it works with the story. Pestilence and Plague, again, great chorus. Halford sing, singing in, in uh, I'm assuming, uh, French. Is that like anyway? No, it's language? Italian. Is Italian? Okay. I, I thought Italian. it was either French or Italian. He's, he's, sing, he's singing like an operetta. Okay. Well, because no, yeah, the was he's, yeah which France, ex- so excellent point, James. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, uh, I thought sorry, that was. Let, let, let the classically trained guy do some, you know. Yeah. I figured somebody would know. But I thought that was cool. I, you know, I don't. He's never really done anything like that before. I don't think he's ever sang in a different language. So it was kind of interesting to hear him do that. Uh, and then the lyrics, they had, you know, it flowed very well. Because usually, sometimes when you hear like different languages in metal, kind of like doesn't flow. But that they made that flow. Um, Death has a very doomy feel to it, and I like the screams Halford does when the song gets heavy. Conquest very melodic. Persecution sounds like something from Painkiller. The album kind of dips a little. Um, and some songs just get thrown in the background to me, but then it picks back up again for Nostradamus, very painkiller-like, and it slows back down for Future of Mankind, but it's a good ending, very melodic. Uh, and honestly, I think it's a very honest Judas Priest album. They were super into the idea. Uh, you don't make a double album like this and half-ass it, and uh, I don't think they did. From my knowledge, Halford, like I mentioned before, still seems to really enjoy the album and wants to play it in full, but uh, I don't really think the fans want them to do that. Um, they could have taken away maybe some of the interludes and I think this album probably could have just been a single album but since all those things in between songs it made it like a double album but uh, like nowadays it's hard for people to get to like have that attention span to like listen to a, a, a double album like this you know and take it all in so I can understand why a lot of the mixed a lot of the reviews were mixed for this album so uh, like I said I, I understand what it is and it's different for Judas Priest so but I think it's a, it's a very good album and if they would have got some, like I said, some of those interlude things, it would have been even better. But it is what it is. So, James, what do you think? So, I came into this uh, right after watching Dawn of Creation. I started, you know, because like how I normally do these things, I write down all the, the title tracks and everything. I write them all down to do single single reviews on each song. I couldn't do it with this album, only because I kind of caught right after Dawn of Dawn of Creation and a Prophecy, I kind of understood what they were trying to do. Mm. And so it turned into less of me just listening to them and critiquing every song separately as trying to do the whole, because it sounds like an, an opera and or Broadway show mm. type feel of this, where you see the Dawn of Creation being like the opening set piece, them coming, you know, the band, you know, debuting the band, the band coming out, mm. dropping Prophecy, you know, set change, revelations, shit change war which is the you know four horsemen of the apocalypse you know pestilence of plague another one death you know war and all those um the album for me gets gets real fucky real fast with lost love all the way to uh uh calm before the storm it gets real like love songy and it, it just feels like either he's you know, dealing with a long lost love. He's founding love. I don't understand what the hell Halford's doing. The one thing I will say about this entire album that I really do like is it, it took very long time. He doesn't oversing this, which for me is, is kind of because I um, obviously didn't, didn't listen to the other one that he came back on. But that was the reason why I liked the, the Ripper Owens um, Priest albums because there was not a lot of over singing going on. Yeah. He is right in there. He's not overdoing it. 
he's doing the high pitch stuff and everything and that's great but he's not it's not overpowering the rest of the song mm-hmm. Nostradamus loved the song and I like Future of Mankind as a great ending I think that's a really I think it's a really strong ending but the middle just is a really it, it's a miss for me on that part the second half's a miss first half awesome Miss the Lou. Ah, the prophecy, my uh, <laughs> favorite song on the CD. I'm not even going to talk about the interludes. Uh, yeah, Revelations. What's that? There's really no need to. Okay. Revelations doesn't really go anywhere for me. Really? War. Nope. War. Judas Priest's attempt at rewriting Mars Bringer of War from Holst. Meh. Yeah. Pestilence and Plague. Like Revelations, doesn't go anywhere for me. Death. Now we're talking. An improvement over the last three full songs. Conquest. Kind of has a Led Zepp feel, and I like it. Lost Love. I didn't think this album needed a ballad. Persecution. I'm sorry, I just can't get into it. Exiled. You know I thought taking the drum beat from AFI's Miseria Cantari would win me over, but nope. <laughs> I thought I was be the only one who caught that. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that either. Uh-huh. Uh, alone. I'm going to say about Priest what James says about Maiden. No slow songs. You know, I agree with that one. That one, I was like, I was like this is it. The- after like the fourth slow song, I was going, all right, all right, guys, enough of this shit. Come on, let's get back to the music. No slow songs, Bella Halford. Yes. Visions. Okay, slightly winning me over. Catchy chorus. New beginnings. Somebody call Richard Marks. We found his lack of testosterone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Be careful with that joke. That thing's an antique. Nostradamus. Finally. Priest as I know and love them. Second best song on the record. Very good Pavarotti, Rob. And Future of Mankind. Okay, Closer. Better than the rest of the album, except for Prophecy, Death, Visions, and the title track. All in all, is it a bad album? No. Is it a good album? No. Is it a good Judas Priest album? Hell no. But they warned you this was going to be atypical of a Priest album. So I give them an A for effort on delivery. But I got to give him a D for execution. If they were going to go the route that they went and release an album under Priest that wasn't going to sound like Priest, I just wish the songs were better. You know, you, you brought up Pavarotti. I actually think he's more Flaziano Domingo than he is uh, Pavarotti. Um, I didn't have uh, Placido as a reference because I... I, I I guess I just didn't think about him at the time. I only knew one song that he did, and that was a song that he sung on Sesame Street with Placido Flamingo. Yeah. So I couldn't use that as a reference. <laughs> yes, congratulations. We have now gotten both of the freaking, uh, uh, you know, opera gods in here. So <laughs> he snuck that in there. All right, Manny, go. Well, what were you going to say I, about uh... this area? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. No, I was just going to say... Uh... I admire the fact that this long into their career, Judas Priest are not afraid to take chances. They could have played it safe. And then Angel Retribution 2 or any of that. And their audience, including myself, would have eaten it up. Um, uh, my overall take on the album is it took me a long time to know what to think of it. You know, I 
I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. And it's an album you got to spend a lot of time with. And I don't always have the patience to spend two hours of my life listening to it, you know. Um, but overall, I admire the... It's like James said, it's basically a heavy metal Broadway play on, on disc is really what it is. It's ambitious. It's, it's, it's um, pompous, but pompous in a good way. Pompous in a, in a Broadway type of play, you know. Um, you know, even the whole concept of Nostradamus is is almost is almost corny, but it's almost Marvel Comics like the way they they do it. Overall, I like the album. I don't love it, but I like it. But what I admire the most about them is their artistic integrity to try something new, to try to take their audience someplace if they haven't gone before. And this long in their career it would again been easier to play it safe. There's a lot of bands that I love that play it safe. I love the Rolling Stones, but you know, they do a blues cover album that's playing it safe. That's they know their niche. That's their niche. Does not playing it safe. Judas Priest isn't known for their concept albums. I'm I'm glad they got their inner Pete Townsend out of their way, you know, and Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, but overall, do I love it? No. I won't give it a D. For execution, I'll probably give it a B minus, but I'll definitely give it an A for effort, an A for bravery. Overall, great album, but it's not something I'm going to spend a lot of time listening to, unfortunately. But overall, I admire the, the ambition. Yeah, you know, and, and and you said pompous, but you know, I kind of agree that it, it is. It I mean, it's more classical because I mean, everyone thinks Nostradamus. They just think of what like the National Enquirer or drops and everything about Nostradamus. They right, actually right. don't read what Nostradamus <laughs> was actually that. doing I mean it, it's honest it's it's true everyone when you hear Nostradamus you think of the cliche you actually don't think of the actual person that was there now for me you know Nostradamus is getting a little bit different because uh, getting a little more of a renaissance with uh, people using him especially in Japanese animation they're using them in different ways than they are you know the the, the National Enquirer way so uh, it's kind of weird seeing him as coming through a sort of renaissance, even though he's been dead for, you know, almost 600 damn years now. So I like the Paul Mooney uh, Nostradamus on Chappelle show. That was one of my favorites. White people <laughs> love Wayne Brady because he makes Brian Gumble look like Malcolm X. <laughs> Such a great show. Oh. I just thought it was funny. Like, you know, Halford comes back, they do one album, sounds like Priest, and then they, this next album, they do this. It's kind of weird you know like why did they i mean i mean i think uh, one of their managers somebody suggested they do this so yeah they, they, yeah well their, their manager on the road suggested it and and they decided and they decided well yeah that sounds like a great idea i mean hey you know what they, they got enough money they can get a wild hair up their ass and try something else i mean shit for christopher lee did a whole freaking metal album based off of Charlemagne just because he's a direct descendant from him with so. richie faulkner with richie faulkner yeah yeah but you so, know the, the, it's interesting oh sorry go ahead it's interesting. no i was just saying it's interesting you mentioned a the manager their manager's bill crispy i can't remember how to pronounce the guy or his last name but he cut his teeth managing the who and we all know what uh, pete towns is famous for tommy quadrophenia you know, these big uh, concept albums that become Broadway plays in movies, you know. Um, so, you know, when one of you brought up that was probably his idea, I guess it shouldn't surprise me, you know, so. 
It just it's kind of odd though because Priests have only played two songs from this album live, uh, uh, Prophecy and Death. And Death they didn't play as often on that 2008 2009 tour. Um, I think a lot of it was due to time constraints because their summer tour in the States that year was a tour that they did with Heaven and Hell, Sabbath with Dio, um, Testament and Motorhead. And everything else was just like, you know, uh, dates in Europe and uh, South America. Right. Of, of course, what this would lead into would be the 30th anniversary of British Steel. So I guess their whole idea is, well, we're just going to record an album for the hell of it that we want to do, which again is fine because, you know, we're going to try to sell tickets for the 30th anniversary of this landmark album that more people care about. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, again, I, I give him credit for trying to go outside of the box and do something different. I just wish the songs were better. I mean, in my opinion, I just, they, they could right. have been better. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. I think, I think this kind of show anyway, if they were to play beginning to end, is not belonging to Arena. Number one, Arena is not going to support it. I mean, no. you know, maybe no. a one-time performance, but it's definitely a 2,000-seat or maybe less type of show that they should probably do it, should film it, get it out of the system, make it this big thing, film it, and then uh, throw it out on Blu-ray or DVD or or stream it, and uh, and make it a special performance, you know. Yeah, um, make it do. make it more make it more like ballet and Broadway, make it and less like an actual rock concert. Like, yeah, yeah. Broadway it, HD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do Broadway and HD, do the movie theaters. Yeah, do that, do that bit. Yeah, and they would probably make their money back just on streaming because of curiosity of their diehard fans, but it's not. It's not something realistically you can take on the road, you know. Um, the Who did it with Tommy, but now when they bring it out, it's for charity events because even diehard Who fans don't always want to hear Tommy or Pink Floyd, Roger Waters, and he takes out the wall. Anyway, we can go on. There's a bunch of these types of albums oh, out God. there. But, you know. uh, all right. So, what are we going to give these albums? James, what do you give? Uh, let's start with the Judas Priest. I'm going to give the Judas Priest. I'm going to give it a four. Wow. Uh, oh, let me, let me write these down. Four. Okay. Uh, Lou? Four. Four. Uh, Manny? I'm going to give uh, Judas Priest a seven. No, this, oh. is, this is uh, Iron Maiden. No, Judas Priest. Oh, you're going to do Judas Priest. Oh, shit. Yeah, I said Judas Priest. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant Iron Maiden. No. Uh, let me give this a seven. Seven. Okay. And I gave it an eight. I said I do like this album. Uh, Oops, I gave it the wrong one. All right. Yeah. Oops, oops, hold on a second. Bear with me. Four. I'm looking for a <laughs> Four sevens, and you gave it seven too, Manny, right? All right. Uh, Iron Maiden, Matter, no. Uh, right, uh, what's the other album? Dance, uh, of, Dance Death. of Death. Yes. Uh, J- uh, James, what are you giving Dance of Death? Non applicable. So we're going to yeah, have to divide can. this by three. All right. So, yeah. Uh, Lou. Uh, Dance of Death, I'll have to give that a seven. Seven and Manny, seven, seven. I gave it an eight. And uh, the a matter of life and death, James. You know, I said four, I actually want to go three. Three, uh, Lou, 
Five. Many. Wow. I give it an eight, actually. An eight. Wow. So that's two eights there. And and I think Judas Priest, uh, I think Judas Priest won this one. Well, I'm shocked, actually. I did not see that coming. Wow. Nostradamus beats out Dance of Death. And if if I'm getting this correct, Judas Priest is eight, four, seven, seven, right? Um, Dance of Death is eight, seven, seven. That's because James didn't listen to it. And actually, no, hold on a minute. Matter of Life and Death might have won. Eight, three, five, and eight. So I think Matter of Life okay. and Death won. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think it's a superior album anyway, my opinion. Uh, I, d- I disagree with that, however. Uh, actually, <laughs> but no, no, no. And here's the thing. I yeah. think that how the original lineup went, I actually liked From a Frontier. So. Well, when we get to that, that's going to be interesting then. Uh, there, there were some things um, in there that I actually liked, and actually, we'll be bringing up another song from a completely different artist rather than AFI uh, in next week's episode. So, tune I'm gonna in. have to listen to that that song because I, I actually, believe it or not, like AFI, but never in a million years have I ever thought of Iron Maiden and AFI, whatever you know. With, with it, it's, it's the drum beat, it's the drum beat, Judas Priest and AFI, yeah. It's the it's that whole drum beat of that dun 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 dun. <laughs> well, speaking so of which, I, you know that I Judas Priest. I don't know if you mentioned it. I don't know if you mentioned it, but it's produced by KK Downing and uh, and Glenn Tipton. I don't know if you mentioned that or not in the intro. No, I did not. I did not because I did not see that anywhere. I did not know. That. Yeah, yeah. Well, I looked on. I course. I had to look it up on Wiki. I don't know how reliable Wiki is because I can go on Wiki and say Wayne Noon produced it, you know, but no um, one would believe that. That's according to this. Uh, It would sound better. It would sound more like Severed Angel. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a pretty good reference. Okay. Which actually, this Friday, if anybody is watching, this Friday, October 7th, you can go onto your favorite streaming platform and look up Seven Angel, A Fate Worse Than Death. And uh, our first original song will be up. So you can hit play, listen to it, and let us know what you think of it. And I believe there's going to be a lyric video, right, Lou? You made a lyric video? Lyric video is ready to premiere at midnight. So on the day that the song is released, you can actually... Watch it on YouTube and read the lyrics before you buy it. So, yeah, that's right. And uh, you can also go buy a Fate Worse Than Death T-shirt on uh, T Public. Mm-hmm. Our T Public uh, store is linked to our link trees. So if you go to linktr.ee forward slash Severed Angel, you'll have access to all the links, including uh, our Bandcamp our T public, our YouTube and our pages on Spotify and iTunes. Everything is there for you. And coming soon will be severedangel.com. Very soon. Cool. And uh, I like to say thank you to chin up tits out for mentioning us on their podcast. Uh, Manny, what's going on with them? Uh, they just put out a new episode. Yeah, they all live in Florida and it's called a date with Ian about the hurricane. So it's pretty funny. Oh, really? How, yeah, how I, bet, I bet that dude really blew. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, James, that was so I, bad. It was great. Anyway. I tell you. <laughs> that was a dirty dad joke. Oh yeah. That was pretty bad. That dirty an daddy. Antique. It's an antique. Yeah. Uh, James, what's going on with you and your podcast? 
Awesome. Yes, uh, the No Huddle. We're doing a Saturday live show at 9.30 on uh, the Rocky Mountain Sports Network uh, Facebook page. Uh, we're doing a preview of week five. We have a couple of games going on. I'm going to be giving Caleb all the shit humanly possible as Georgia eked out wins against lowly Kent State and Missouri. And he gets to give me hell because Tennessee is number eight in the country and and they are not favored to win against 25 ranked LSU. So please enjoy. We're going to have a lot of fun and frivolity on uh, Saturday at 930 a.m prior to the college football start, uh, starting. No idea what you're talking about. Uh, Lou, how's your podcast going? <laughs> what podcast? <laughs> I, I've, a podcast? Else, I thought I had one. Um, I still have to edit my interviews with the Moneybag Sodas gentleman with uh, William Irwin. And uh, I think I had one more. I, oh. <laughs> We've been busy, man. We're I, taking photos and... He's taking photos. Music. He's doing. He's doing new music, and he's trying to do a podcast at the same time. Jobs, well, I mean, listen, give I, the man a break. Jesus Christ, I, Wayne! I, I, man, I, I, man thinks you're overworking is, the hey, poor man. He wants to do all this, so let him do it. Next thing you know, he's going to be coming out saying, "My boy." Well, <laughs> listen. I, full disclosure: I didn't want to write original music. I thought I was done. I thought I was complete. All right, you're fine. I mean, then. No, dickweed. Let me finish. <laughs> you know, three years Put I was Barry stuck in the a, lead. God, three years I was stuck in a cover band playing Mustang Sally twice a week for like you know, and and I and I couldn't stand it anymore. And with the pandemic, it was like, well, they closed down one of my favorite local venues, Revolution, and you know, shows were becoming less and less. And it, it just got to a point where I kind of got tired of the whole Long Island scene only going to support cover bands and tribute bands because they're just like you know there's no love for original music but as everyone knows my mother passed away back in february and i was focused on trying to find a job to take care of my family which again i ended up getting one and you know wayne was the one who brought the idea up to me hey why don't we write some original music and you know i didn't have anything written the last thing i wrote was a song that i wrote 12 years ago which was for my uh wife's cousin who is an mma fighter who's an M- an army ranger now called dogs of war i sent it to him and he said oh yeah we could do something with this and the next thing you know it's like all right what else you got and for some reason the positivity the creativity flew and here we are with one album in the can and a string of singles so you know and and I, I couldn't be proud of the fact that the whole album was written and recorded and mixed and mastered and everything in three freaking months. So, you know, I, I have a lot to be grateful for. So I'm very proud of Severed Angel. I'm very proud of my bandmates. And I can't wait for people to hear it, you know, and if it succeeds, great. If not, don't care. You know why? Cause it's fucking good. And I believe in it. And thanks Wayne. Yeah, no problem. I'm glad you. I mean, uh, I mean I, I, we understand you know writing with Wayne can be a difficult situation. So. I'm very difficult actually. It's too. the easiest thing that I've ever had to do. It's, really, it's you think insane. it's been easy? I, I know sometimes I'm, I'm like you know a pain in the ass. But... All right, l- listen. Well, what l- are you l- not a pain in the ass? Wait a minute. Oh, but you... I, no, you don't understand. I'm I'm proud. To, <laughs> no, you don't understand, James. But I'm proud to say, no ideas I presented have been rejected. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, no, I've been happy with pretty much it. Well, except for this new song. It's got to be touched up a little bit. But uh, for the most part, everything's been good. Well, I'll also take care of it when he gets back. Yeah, he will. 
Um, and also, uh, and, and actually, Lou, you mentioned this to me this morning. One of my last interviews with uh, Vante, the singer Brian uh, Trock. Um, we got 2.1 thousand views on that. And it was Thank you for ago. the views. Now make it subs. Yeah, hit the subscribe button. Yeah, you're going to watch the damn subscribe. videos. Hit subscribe. Don't just sit there watching it. Hit subscribe while you're sitting there watching it. Hit if the like what, button. If you like hit, that hit interview, the, you the like the little bell icon. You get to know when our, our mugs show up and we're actually going to talk music and maybe actually make sense. Exactly. And, and remember, then, the thousand subscriber gets this CD with that flubbered karaoke. Yep. That's right. And if once, you again, to... once again, Manny, we need to get that karaoke machine. When I'm oh, yeah. We, we, we got to get that Alice tribute thing out the door. <laughs> Soon. And then if you go to projectresurrect.bandcamp.com, actually, it's Bandcamp Friday this week. So go to projectresurrect.bandcamp.com and go buy CD. And, or you can buy the download, whatever. I don't care. And uh, actually, uh, what is the Bandcamp for Seven Angels? Sevenangel.bandcamp.com? Sevenangel.bandcamp.com. Again, go to our link tree, link tree for. Um, Severed Angel, you'll get the links for everything, including DistroKid, where you can pre-save the song before it comes out. Right. And, and, I'll, and I'll give and I'll give the Bandcamp app a very good thing because I have Project Resurrect on digital download and it sounds fantastic and it's very easy to use. Yes, it sounds way better than the streaming platforms because that's like, you know, the the best of the. Uh... You gave me the CD and the CD sounds excellent. I didn't look who produced it, but you, you I guys think it's really the actual wave file that they our, use, not the MP3. Right. Our singer Alex produced it. Well, he did an excellent job because it it's just it sounds like you guys spent a lot of money and I know you guys didn't, but it sounds really oh, good. Yeah, we spent millions of dollars. Alex is very expensive. Yeah. Top My baseball hat does not have a logo on it because we're broke now of recording this record. <laughs> <laughs> All the money's gone. Oh, yeah, it's all gone. So yeah, I know even cool. the members of Ratside Review have to buy their own damn merch. Oh, pretty sad. We had to buy our own that, merch too. Just, well, you and I are just well, James. You and I just make random appearances. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's that's what it is. I'll yeah, make you puppets. Don't worry. I'm my guys. He's no, I, I don't. Yeah, we haven't gotten the gimmick selling business. All right, we ain't full fledged baby faces just yet. Okay, we're getting the Manny and James puppets soon. We're not getting rid of them anytime soon, Wayne. Don't heal them. Yeah, no. Yeah, but they'll be in the intro soon. Uh, Rats All right, there, review. brother. We you know we can do the dang long shot there. You know we can do that long term book in there, brother. Yeah, forty thousand a year contracts, brother. <laughs> we got lifetime <laughs> right, contracts. We got them three years, brother. We can do a heck of a business out We're gonna here. Gonna eat well tonight, Little Caesars deep dish, brother. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> We're only gonna be drinking the best. That's the dang Miller Genuine Draft. Pizza, pizza, brother. Anyway, sorry, Wayne. Go ahead. Rats out review. Where's my fan impact? <laughs> Rats out review.com. Rats out review.com. See you next week with Iron Maiden versus Judas Priest, part 13. What is next week's albums, James? So we know this oh, time. Yeah, it was supposed to be Final Frontier this week, but you guys done done 911 the hell that up. So thus, it's going to be Final Frontier and, and Book of Souls. And Book of Souls versus oh. Redeemer of Souls. How the fuck did you guys fuck this up this bad? That's gonna be a long. I don't. You know what? I don't know if next week can happen. I might not have time to listen to all that. We'll see. Get get ready because the second to last. It is the it is the penultimate episode of this because we've only got two more of these, man, and then we're done. And then Mm -hmm. we can go to doing something like Night of the Living Dead or or Demoni Live View or something. I don't know. Yeah, we'll uh, uh, not the living dead it's the public domain so we won't get uh, copyright 
All right. So we'll see you guys yeah. next week. Any, what, Manny? That was it. That was it. All right. RightSideReview.com. See you next week. Bye-bye. Demoni. Lou, Lou didn't even put Demoni on his on his top well, well five uh, top horror films on TikTok. It was still live, Wayne. I so. know. Waiting for James to stop talking. <laughs>